Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. Knocks it down. Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket. And oh, my. Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill. Off to Stevens. Oh, my. 45 ticks to go. That shot is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that Harden pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for Allen. Oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. Hey, Chris Manning here from the Locked On Cavs podcast coming up on today's show. Uh, check out Evan and I talking about Ben Simmons, and then Brian Toporek from Forbes and the NBA Pod did a mock negotiation with me about Ben Simmons, so stay tuned for that. That's all coming up today on Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. And with 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode. Evan, uh, we we talked about the draft ladder yesterday. People can go check out that episode then. Uh, We'll talk surely more about the draft in the coming days and month until we get to the actual draft. Yeah, we got like... Well, when we post this, it'll be one month and five days until the draft. So, how many? Uh, how many? How excited are you going to scale of one to ten? You are you excited to talk about Ben Simmons? Actually, pretty excited. Um, you can your segment with Brian Taporic. I don't know what you guys negotiated per se. No, but there were no picks in a in a Cavs deal, which I don't think would be oh. true. It was like kind of low price, actually. I know Ben Simmons' value is low right now, but people are baking their takes off one playoff series. And rightfully, I mean, they should partially bake their takes based off of this. I mean, that him passing up the dunk slash layup to kick it back out to Matisse Thibel is still inexcusable in my eyes. Um, but I'm also of the camp where they should play Ben Simmons at the four and stop, you know, fancying this idea that he is a point guard. I think this is a combination of Brett Brown and the Sixers at the time, and also the clutch camp because Ben is adverse to playing the four for some reason, even though I think he defends fours on possessions to begin with. But if you kind of limit him a little bit, but let him act as a primary initiator still, but play more of a slasher at the four position, and maybe we'll talk about this more, of course, but if he goes to Cleveland and their shooting staff are able to work with him, because I don't think Ben Simmons' shot is 100% broken. It's pretty fugly. But I don't think it's 100% broken. And I think if they can get him some confidence, and I know people are like, oh, a new situation. How's Ben Simmons going to improve his scoring? I'm like, well, if you put him on a team like the Cavs, um, a team that sucks, uh, he's going to, one, make more opportunities because of his playmaking for people. And then he also will have more opportunities as well because the baskets aren't going to fall. And I'm sure, like, if you play him with the four, even the five, I think that worked nicely for Cleveland. So... How how interested you are in this? Because like I I have, I wrote about this. Um, I talked about this. I think a little bit already. Like yeah, I, I'm sort yeah. of Chris five fingers Manning or sorry ten fingers or sorry eight fingers well, and two thumbs zero. Manning. Where are they? Zero now. Um. So 
I, I am sort of out there and being like intrigued by this. And I, I think you're lying to yourself if you don't think the Cavs and a bunch of other teams are going to explore this. Like you're, I understand, I, oh, I can understand. There, there are very fair reasons to look at Ben Simmons and be like, I don't know about that because of the playoff issues, because of like, like the fact that he's stopped basically taking shots after outside of certain feet over the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, like I, I think there are legitimate reasons that if you're like, I don't know if that's the expensive rebuild I want to go into. I think you, I can, I can get to that spot where like you don't want to do it and and whatever. That is not exactly where I'm at. There's a limit on how much I would trade for it. I think it's probably more than some people would. I don't even know if I have an exact package because I have frankly no. I've been trying to figure out what the value sort of is for Ben. And I think it'll ultimately be higher than we sort of think it will be, as of right now. Like we're such prisoners of the moment with, um, with, with how bad he's been in the playoffs and stuff. I, I'm intrigued. I, I guess like how, where are you at on this? Because I don't even know. You even when we've texted about this and planned shows and stuff, I don't think we've exactly ever like figured it out. Well, like you said, I think you're lying to yourself if you say you teams aren't intrigued by the idea of ben simmons because it could he could be really good like i don't know like let's put it this way he was a defensive player of the year candidate he is 24 years old he is phenomenal two ways but he cannot hit a jump shot right now that's like his biggest thing and in a shooter dominated league that is an issue of course but and he's also a liability at the free throw line that not that's also a thing too but i'm intrigued by it because his skill set is so unique and so interesting to me because he can he has incredible court vision he is phenomenal defensively um i think he was underutilized by doc rivers in philadelphia and i think brett brown deserves a little bit more credit because ben simmons looked a hell of a lot better last year and the year before that with brett maybe there's a bit of a schism i don't know I'm, i'm interested to see the fallout from philly when they do that hit piece when ben simmons is on his way out of town because i'm sure there's some rift between him and joel and b like those two don't work together either yeah, well, i think that's yeah, also MB, a problem as well MB, because as you to ben Ben Simmons being thrown into like the body bag and like chucked out into the ocean oh. with ankle weights attached to him was like very it happened like that happened already. Yeah, by his coach and his MVP teammate center Joel. So I get it. I think Philly being adverse to trading him at first is really blown up in their face because I think Ben Simmons would have been the centerpiece in a James Harden trade, and you really think what if like granted Brooklyn only made it through the second round because they're banged up and hardened had a hamstring injury, but there's like always going to be that. What if of what if Philly traded for James Harden instead? And they, you have, you roll out a team of Harden and Embiid, and then you figure out the rest of the pieces as well. And like Simmons is with KPJ in Houston right now, which is interesting to think about, but like in terms of just roster construction stuff, like I'm looking at a hypothetical right here and like, this is a Portland trade. Philadelphia would get Robert Covington and CJ McCollum and Portland would get Ben Simmons and the non-guaranteed contract of Anthony Tolliver. Like if the asking value is actually that low, and if it's something realistic like that, the Cavs are very much have a horse in this race. Like I have said, like, I think it'd be an interesting project for the Cavs. I think Ben Simmons makes a lot of sense in so many different ways for the Cavs. And um, I'm not going to cut off my fingers or cut out my tongue, I guess, because I'm talking about it, but Ben Simmons would be such a huge upgrade over Kevin Love, and defensively, he answers a lot of questions. Spacing-wise, he 
creates more problems but in terms of playmaking and everything else that like we're like you and i have like a set checklist of things the Cavs need to address and ben simmons addresses a few of those things but adds a few more questions as well but then you just figure out the rest of the team construction too because i don't know it's it's just an interesting thought exercise and to get off kevin love's contract and avoid possibly paying colin sexted if he's included in this deal um it's not. It's not. A, not. Not bad to me, in my eyes. This is. This would cl- like pretty clearly be a talent play, right? Like this would not be like. You know, you're hundred percent sure this will work. There's no way I think to sort of know that with Ben. I. I. You know, there's there's a lot of legwork I think you'd have to do, and you you need to be willing to take the time to build them back up. And I I think like if I'm a team like Cleveland, I think the main reason you consider this is because like, Ben Simmons. His ilk of player, as we sort of understand him now, and perhaps that is overrating him. Like I think that that's like I'm willing to have the argument that like maybe he is like overrated in some capacity, and that's like a thing that like maybe we're we've done here a little bit because there is just some rebuilding that needs to be done. But I think a guy that can pass like he does when he gets out on the break, that can defend like he does, all that. There's just so many things that he does when he's on and has been at his best that are just really really hard and and better than any young player the Cavs have. That's just that's just a fact. I, I don't know if you've read this yet, but um, the only the Jackson Frank, who's great, uh, wrote a piece of dime today about Ben Simmons. I'll link it in the show notes. It is really, really good, and like the it goes in all the critiques. It goes into all this. This is really like on on Ben. This is really on Ben more than it is like fit than it is on an organization. It Ben, there, there's just something with Ben where he's gonna have to, I think, just kind of decide to be like go into this a little bit more. Like he cannot like have really good stretches and then have them evaporate. Like there have been stretches where he's been looked like a top 15, 20 player in the league. And then there's times where you look at this and you're like, how would you pay him this much money? Like how, how, what is his value? We just don't exactly know. These are correctable flaws in a really talented player that you can, the Cavs would never really be able to get in for agency. Like that is the appeal of this. And I think you have to, at the very least, even if Philly doesn't like what the Cavs can offer, all that stuff, or you're not really interested, go, to look at this and see where it goes. I, I think you have to explore it. Yeah, you make a good point there. Um, I, like you said, it'd be remiss of Cleveland to really not explore this. Um, if they can offer a package that Philly likes, I'd say go for it because I know Jared Allen is a good defensive player, but Cleveland was abhorred defensively last year, and I think Ben Simmons answers a lot more questions on the defensive side of the ball. And I think it'd be fun to tinker with a coach like JB Bickerstaff. I think you definitely need to bring in an offensive tactician as an assistant next year, though, to kind of design an offense that is conducive to helping these younger players grow, whether it's Jalen Green or Evan Mobley at three. And then you look at Darius Garland as well, Isaac Okoro too, and then Ben Simmons too. You don't want him to fail. You're making a huge investment on him, and Kobe Altman's staking his claim on this too. And I just think of the offensive potential at least, and we can talk about this more in the next segment because we're going to be pressed for time here soon. The pick and roll between Darius and Ben or Darius and Jarrett or just Ben and Jarrett has a lot of potential to be super fun. I mean, you throw Larry Nance in the mix, too, with um, with Ben Simmons as well. Like, that's just a lot of fun potential stuff on paper. And um, I agree with Jackson Frank's point, too, because I was skimming through his article a little bit. And I noticed one of his tweets as well. Um, the Cavs could potentially surround him with shooters, too. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But I don't know. I think if the Cavs can say, listen, you're a four, not a one, and then they figure it out from there, I I think that'll do them a lot of good. Evan, as as you alluded to, it's time to pay some bills. And we got a segment brought to you by our friends at Michelob Ultra. 
Um, it's a tough choice to pick a Michelob Ultra moment for the week. But Evan, so further. Really. No, it's not. Uh, Evan, I'm playing at the suspense. Okay? Uh, it's like the Oscars when it's like, you know what a movie should win, and you're just like waiting for it to come out, you know, and you're like waiting for the envelope to open, and I'm opening the envelope, and it's the Cavs going to the number three pick. Oh. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about it first, more your disappointment in the fact that Walking Phoenix is the Joker did win Best Picture. He flipped me the bird, ladies and gents. But yeah, no, the Cavs getting the third pick, really, there's the check off your bingo cards. Evan said, yeah, no, but it's the Cavs getting the third pick for sure. Um, they had the fifth best odds at the first overall pick. If they finished outside the top four instead of Oklahoma City, they dropped below OKC, which definitely would have stunk. And I think if the Cavs somehow slid past five, Kevin Love's Menchies would have been on fire last night. So shouts to Kevin Love for beating Boston. That was a difference maker between three and possibly five or six. Look, 11%, like 11.2 to be exact, percent chance of getting number three. And maybe they get you Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley. Get you an interesting prospect. Opens up some fun Scott possibilities Barnes. for the summer. Pump your brakes, buddy. But remember... Like Michael Belcher, getting the number three pick. Bring community joy, happiness, and enjoyment. And look, go check out other exciting Ultra Moments with the hashtag Ultra Moment. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. How can you not like that? Joy creates success, and enjoyment is the end game. It's the whole game. Thanks again to Michael Belcher for sponsoring the show. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it and at 2.6 calorie. Today on the Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this postseason. All right, Evan, um, let, let's talk about Simmons and Cleveland as a fit for him. So I'm going to tell you one thing I really like and one thing that would concern me. I like that this would be betting on player development. It is something that the Cavs believe they are getting good at. It is believe they can. They are getting, uh, you know, actually being a team that can develop guys and help guys hit their max potential. It's, I think, key for a, a team of this market size. I, this would be like the extreme test case of it, and I just like frankly think it would be interesting to watch that sort of play out. Um, Simmons is a guy that needs that kind of work, that needs that environment, that needs that kind of I think chance to kind of grow and not be at the 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 highest highest levels again right away. Like I, he's 24, like he doesn't have to be, you know, maybe like I think the, his ex maybe we need to recalibrate his ceiling at this point, but I think there's also like still a very very good player that could make all NBA teams and stuff kind of in there. Secondly. The thing that I would say that concerns me is I, I think I like JB a lot. I don't necessarily know if JB – and you, you alluded to this already in wanting to bring in someone to help with the offense. I do not necessarily know if JB is the coach to design an offense that would be able to maximize a Ben Simmons. Again, I really like JB. I think there's a lot of things he brings that, are, that make him an effective coach, at least for this current iteration of the Cavs. What I don't think he is is like the offensive guy. I think like you you see. I think part of the reason like you know Ben struggles this year is I I think frankly just in part to to the doc the doc of it all. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. you need someone that's got a little more creative juice. And I don't even know if that's necessarily like a tie type like we talked about earlier in the week. But I, I think you would need to get really creative and have someone that's going to design stuff that's going to get Ben 
in the right spot to get him doing the stuff that makes him special and maximizing that. And I, 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 we just have never seen that from Jimmy. It's not to say he's not capable of it, but it's, it's a question mark for me. No, that really, yeah, you make a good point there. And I think JB's lumps as an offensive tactician definitely would pop up if, um, things were to come to fruition with Ben Simmons. Um, so that's definitely something I would dislike too. Um, on a tongue in cheek kind of thing of things I'd like, it carries the legacy of Matthew Delvadova of a point guard from Australia that cannot hit a three pointer to save his life. So that's always neat. But, um, like you said as well, I also like the fact that this is a trade that would say the Cavs player development staff and the Cavs, this current regime is betting on themselves saying like, okay, Ben Simmons is the player that is going to move the needle enough for us to push us to the postseason, not even the play in the postseason at that point. Cause I think Ben Simmons in the Eastern conference with this kind of interesting stable of young players really does it for me to say that the Cavs could be a playoff team with Simmons in tow. But what I do like is like what I said is like just there is some tricky fun potential stuff here like with Darius and Ben or Ben and Jarrett or even Ben and Larry as well or Larry and Ben like there's a lot of interesting plug and play options for the Cavs it all hinges on what they do with their offensive or what they do they hire their assistant coach to help with the offense and stuff and maybe Lloyd Pierce helps with that that's a fun connection too if they do hire Lloyd Pierce because Lloyd Pierce has experience with Ben in Philadelphia um I just like the potential of this offense. Of course, like I said, it all hinges on what the Cavs exactly do to bring in somebody to help refine the offense a little bit. But the Cavs have already played with non-shooters before. They've played with players who refuse to take threes. Um, they, they can make it work, I think, as long as they can find somebody. Because Ben Simmons is a different archetype of player, archetype of player, but I was just intrigued by what the potential of this team is offensively. Defensively, I think they'll be pretty sound. Like Okoro, Simmons, and Allen, you're going to have a tough time scoring on that threesome right there. Spacing-wise, it's going to be a mess. Unless Obviously, Okoro rounds the corner, but I'm intrigued to see what would happen if this were to happen. And again, I'm just going to maintain the stance where I just don't think it does because let's be frank, like if Oklahoma City wanted to take on Ben Simmons, they could offer Kemba Walker and three of their future first-round picks of the 17 they have. Or sorry, yeah, 17 they have, and um, they'd still be none the they'd still be better for it. Like, they're still fine, and that's the kind of move I could see OKC doing. I look at this, and I, I, I don't know if OKC is, like, the place for it. I think it's, I think, like, Portland is, like, the kind of place for it. Well, I Portland's I could, like the betting favorite. I could see like Minnesota if they're willing to trade Delor and Beasley. Um, oh, but dude, Ben Simmons and Carl Anthony Towns would be so fun together. Yeah, could be also extremely mid. Um, well, Chris Finch fair. would design some really cool stuff with them. Though, I'll say that um, they would, and they could also play Fortnite together. And as a Fortnite <laughs> gamer, I can relate to why they want to play it. I, I guess I look. I just look at this, and I I think there are like other teams that could theoretically make more sense. I just think as like a talent play, I think they should explore it. I, and I just think the we'll see what the price ends up being. Mm-hmm. Like there is a limit on how much I would trade for Ben. Like I I and again like I know people are gonna get like grumpy about this and tweet like you know a lot of things about Ben right now. Um and and we there's been some people on Gap Twitter who I like who I think have been very vocal about uh, uh not not being into Ben. I, well, you, you say nom. No, say not like they're not into it. Energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're not into it. Um, they're tying themselves into knots. Ha. Huh. Yes. Like a pretzel. Yes. 
Um, well, let's run down the list because I have sports betting AGs um, betting favorites for Ben Simmons next year. We'll just get on the list. Would you say yes or no? Do you like the fit? Portland. Yeah, that's that's like clearly like a pretty good fit for him. It's a phenomenal fit. Washington. No, and I don't think that's even realistic now because the, a rust deal would make literally no sense. There's no way they're getting Beal for Simmons now. Fair. San Antonio. I think that's actually I kind of think that's where this ends up. I think that's that like Dejounte Murray, like some other stuff, and like just a cobble of sort of like interesting complimentary players for Ben, and Ben mm-hmm. could go to there would be kind of interesting. And like Agreed. again, Chip Elland, pretty pretty good coach for Ben Simmons. Exactly, and also these odds were set on June twenty first, so two days ago. Since we're recording this on the twenty third, the Utah Jazz. I I don't see that one. He, yeah, I was gonna say Go Bear, but. Uh, Elton Brand is running the show. He did sign out Horford to how much money? Okay, Oklahoma City. I think the pick. I just I don't quite see that one. Um, I him and I Shea I, is just like a little tricky. Yeah, I guess so. Unless Shea doesn't commit, then the Thunder really got. I scramble. just also don't unless the unless the the Sixers can turn around and take all of those picks and turn them into something. There's no point in them doing that trade. Like you need immediate return on this. No, agreed. Okay, Golden State. No, I don't see that one at all. Unless, like, you know, they trade, they give up on Clay, which I don't well, see. Well, it happening. would have to be like you trade. You can't play Ben and Draymond together. Is the thing? No, you cannot. The Lakers, which is a wacky one, would be insanely funny. But I, I just that that would take the spacing concerns to like a whole other degree. It'd be worse than Andre Drummond playing with Anthony Davis and LeBron. Let's just put it that way. Uh, the Cavs, we kind of touched on this. I think I'd like it, but what, I'd have what, to what, see what Cleveland's what would, giving up. What would your maximum offer be for Ben? I would not offer the third pick. I know I trolled about this last night in our Spotify green room with the gang, which you guys should give that a listen. It's a bonus episode this week, and join us next week when we uh, hop on in. But uh, I think my package for Ben Simmons would have to be Kevin Love, probably Colin Sexton, in a future first not this current first and then you draft hopefully hope Jalen Green's there then you roll in next season with Garland, Green, Okoro Simmons and Allen and you just kind of see how funky it gets there because it could be awful spacing wise or it could be pretty fun spacing wise it again it all hinges on Okoro whether or not he adds more of a reliable three-pointer to his game the only way I think this could end up a little different is I think if you saw a place where, like, you could get a third team and, like, Sexton. I don't know how Philly – I don't know if, like, Sexton is the right kind of guard for Philly. Philly I wonder, fans really want Colin Sexton, but I've kind of – you put this bug in my ear a while ago, but I've talked to the majority of teams in this league at this point, and the value on Colin's not very high. It's I of the behold. I think that's the case for all the young guys, though. Like, just to make it clear that we're not, like, bashing Khan. I think, like, all the no. Cavs young guys have, like, weird values right now. Allen yeah. might have, like, the most value in, like, a sign and trade oh, no. theory. Allen is the safest commodity to trade for because people have seen him with a good team. Now they've seen him with a more dominant role because he doesn't have to play behind DeAndre Jordan. But, like, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainties, uncertainties with Okoro. Um I know Chad Ford floated the idea of a Coro and three for number one. If um, Detroit said yes to that, I'd drive Isaac there myself, unfortunately. But um, I don't know. It's interesting to think. But the final guy, the final 
team on this list at plus 1,000 are the Houston Rockets. And wouldn't that just be funny? We've come around on like him being a hardened trade ship piece to, to, to like I don't even know what Houston would offer. I think I would not. Be, I just I think you're gonna see something that is like a little bit unexpected and weird construction on this. I don't have like intel on that. I, that's just my uh, guess. John Wall, Eric Gordon. Oh my goodness. Well, that that was like that that low talked about that, and I was like, oh my god, like that would be such a depressing return. Oh, it'd be soups depressing, and I think people are living in the moment a little too much. I think a lot of teams and executives know what Ben Simmons is. They're going to go back two, three years and watch all the good stuff and be like, all right, let's, uh-huh. let's like, what's the, uh-huh. what's the, what's the deal we can do for this? Yeah. How did Doc Rivers hurt you, Ben? Show us on the doll. But, um, I just in closing, I don't think I'd be upset at the cast rated for Ben Simmons. I, Brian Windhorst said it best on the radio today when he was in, he was talking to Ben Axelrod, I believe. Um, I think Ben was just passing along what he said. Oh, oh, oh! I must have misread the tweet then. But Bryant, Wendy, more or less said that fans do not, should not get attached to the core four nickname because of those four players. Like no one player on this roster is one hundred percent safe. So just I don't know if you're able to trade. If you have to crack one of these eggs to make an omelet to help you contend, you do it. Like you don't hold back. You don't show any reservations because I think Kobe Altman's job is going to be on the line this year too. And if a Simmons trade materializes and it costs you Colin Sexton, you say yes and you sleep peacefully that night because you're getting a defensive player of the year candidate on a pretty low cost and you can kind of roll the dice and see how it works from there. Yep. All right, Evan. Let's uh, pay some bills, and we'll be back. I'll be back with Brian Tapork after this. But uh, you got to tell everyone about like even if you needed to to hop in a, you know maybe help Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons needs to get from Philly to Cleveland, and he has to drive, but he has a car issue. He, there's a, we have a sponsor that can help him with that. Well, I mean, he is in West Philadelphia. He's not born and raised, and then you know his mom threw him in a cab and sent him to not Cleveland but Bel Air. The cab breaks down in Cleveland, though, and that cab probably could use some help from today's sponsor, Rock Auto. Stuck the landing. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for you and your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money while using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. So if you're interested, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. Also want to tell you about our friends at BetOnline, the official betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, get it? And you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch... Head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonuses and contest information. There's no silence anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive our 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's promo code LOCKEDON for that welcome bonus. 
All right, here is my convo with Brian Toporek, and Evan and I will be back tomorrow with another fresh episode of Lockdown Caps. All right, joined now by Brian Tapork from Forbes, where he writes about the Philadelphia 76ers, obviously the most boring team in the NBA universe, and uh, he'll co-host the NBA pod. Brian, what's up, buddy? How are you? Um, I'm doing as well as I could be after what happened on Sunday night. Yeah, uh, don't, do not envy Sixers fans. Uh, you know, great, as, as they say, it's like, you know, don't love this, but it, it's great It's, it's great content to, to paraphrase. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Ben Simmons with you, and I'm sure you've thought about this a lot already. I'm sure this has been like the number one thing on your brain the last couple of days, if not longer. But um, before we get into sort of a mock negotiation between, like, you know, you've observed Daryl Morey, I've observed Dan Gilbert. Um, what what do you think of as the market for Simmons? As it is like, what do you think is like what Philly is sort of looking for if they decide to go down this route? Yeah, it's. A, I mean, that's. The, the main $100 million question, right? I think if they do decide to trade Simmons this offseason, they're doing it probably at his all-time low value. Um, you know, the comments that came out Sunday night from Doc and Joel in particular made it seem like there is no turning back. We have to get rid of him. And then Doc kind of hedged yesterday and Daryl did today uh, during his pressers. So it sounds like they aren't going to just take a deal just for the sake of doing it. I think there is a world wherein Ben Simmons is on the Sixers at the start of next season. Um, But, you know, I think there also are going to be teams that look at Ben and say, we think we can fix him or we think we can optimize him better because we don't have Joel Embiid. So we're not going to have to worry about the, you know, the clunky spacing sometimes. Like we have a team of shooters and we think Ben plus four shooters, we think that's going to be better for him as well. So do I think every team in the league is going to be interested in him? No. Do I think some teams should be? Definitely. Yeah. He's like the, the hate has gone too far. This kid's still a three-time all-star, you know, finished second of the year or second in defensive player of the year voting this year. He's only 24. Even if he doesn't substantially improve offensively, what he brings to the table defensively as a facilitator in transition has value. It's just, in the playoffs, I think we've seen really over the past couple of years now, he becomes more of a liability than an asset. Do you just do you have any like uh do you have any before we talk about the Cavs so specifically? Do you have a is there a team and a partner that you think makes the most sense if you as you've thought about it? Yeah, so I mean CJ McCollum for Ben, I think yeah. it's going to be the most popular framework. I. I understand it. And I think both teams might be at a point where they just have to shake things up because they feel like they've kind of reached their peak as currently constructed. I don't love the idea of a CJ Seth Curry backcourt defensively. So (laughs) we actually, my, my podcast co-host and I just recorded about an hour on Ben Simmons trade ideas and Cleveland was one that came up as, you know, I think there is a framework that makes that could make sense um, Minnesota, I think, is another one. I'm basically looking at teams that have, you know, too many guards. So, you know, the, the Timberwolves with D'Angelo Russell, 
Um, There could be something there as well. Uh, The one that we actually came up with was a three-teamer with Indiana, Portland, and Philly, where Indiana is getting C.J. McCollum, Portland's getting Ben Simmons, the Sixers are sending uh, the number 28 pick to Indiana as well, and then they're getting back Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb. So I think, you know, dream, realistic dream target. I've seen Zach Levine floated a couple times. I don't see why the Bulls would do that. I don't know that the, the Pacers should have interest in Ben because I, I have no idea how he fits next to Warren, Miles Turner, and Sabonis. But if you can do a three-team deal wherein Brogdon's coming back to Philly, I think that's probably the best that you could realistically hope for. Yeah, maybe you're trading Turner then anyway and flipping him for whatever and just kind of doing a kind of retool and we'll see what happens with their coaching situation there too. But okay, so let's do a Cavs negotiation. I if I'm if I'm the Cavs and I'm calling first and I'm I'm pitching this, I think the starting framework player-wise is Sexton and Love. I, I think yeah. that's where I'm starting. The salary with Love is just I think sort of the way you do you if I'm if I'm making the pitch, I'm saying, okay, like the shooting around Joel is, is what you want. I'm gonna like try not to make you think about like having to have him be too too do much on defense. And then Sexton, you know, I don't think he's the exact type of guard that I would be looking for from Philly, but I think like young scorer heading into the right area, like heading into the right age of his career um, that could still grow maybe a little more and make, maybe he gets, you know, gets helped in a new situation and whatever. Like, I, I think that's if I'm Cleveland, the frame, the the first thing I'm sort of offering before you get into sort of more of the minutia of it. And, and again, if I'm Cleveland, uh, just to say this, I, I think like you should be interested. Um, people have already heard me. Evan talk about this. I wrote about this. If you're the sort, I do think the Cavs should be interested. I think this is the right kind of, second contract even if it's already signed guy like yes the price tag is is high and i his value i think has probably never been lower compared to where it was even like a year ago but i i think you should like he's really really interesting on a lot of fronts so love and sexton is like my initial foray into this yeah and i i that's what i've been saying you know from cleveland side i figured that would be the first pitch um you know i think from philly's side you're just saying like what you, you probably the first question you ask is which of the two guards are you more willing to part with, Sexton or Garland? I I think personally, based on not what I even necessarily think, but what I think the, where the organization is at, I think Sexton is more available than Garland. Yeah, and I, I think that makes sense, you know, especially... And I, and, I, and I think Garland's a better fit with Simmons. Yeah, and, and like, especially given Sexton, you know, has got an extra year, so he's already up for the extension. Like, the, you know, there's there's time working against them at this point. So I, I would understand that from Cleveland side, I wouldn't do just straight Sexton for love for Simmons. Um, you know, if I'm Philly, the third, the, what I would first counter with is Sexton and Nance for Simmons, but I would not expect Cleveland to say yes to that. Well, if I'm the Cavs, I'm saying like, I have this guy named Torian Prince. Who's yeah. like a, like, like, okay, like, here's the thing about Prince. I don't think he's, like, great, but I think he's, like, a serviceable NBA wing who's making, like, in that that contract number. And he's also in that contract number where, like, if Philly, like, needs, like, a 10, 8 to, like, $15 million salary to do something with, mm-hmm. Torian Prince is out on an expiring. Like, he's not, like, unflippable after that as, like, a aggregator if you need to make another kind of trade. Um, and I there's a PR hit to the Nance of it all. I, I think, like, Nance is the right guy to target, but I would be like, hey, Torrey Prince also exists. Right, <laughs> right, right. So I'm wondering if instead of just a two-for-one, if you expand the framework, because part 
know, I could understand Cleveland wanting to get off Kevin Love. The contract's huge. He seems pretty checked out at this point. I don't. I. I it's like incredibly complicated to do a Ben Simmons trade without including Kevin Love. Like that's where like maybe right. like I wonder if there's like a okay Portland slides in as like a third team and like they get Love because he maybe mm-hmm. wants to go. Like like I I don't know exactly. Like this gets incredibly complicated. The relationship like the relationships part of this becomes like a whole thing that we don't even like fully know. I think in a lot of ways. But like that that's where like I think like you could see like. If Philly's like, I don't really, we, we have Tobias Harris playing the four. Like, we don't really need Kevin Love. Like, maybe Portland slides in in that kind of situation. Yeah, and I could see Philly saying, okay, maybe Kevin Love. Like, we've needed a stretch five. Not that he's going to do a ton defensively in that role, but maybe we could play him, you know, as Joel's backup and we can have more of a five-out look. Uh, you know, I don't think Kevin Love, he's not going to start for the Sixers. You have Tobias at the four and Embiid at the five. You, you know, you <laughs> You might be playing Tobias at the three is, is I think the, the money that he's at. Olympian Kevin Love is like, I, I, I have a hard time like seeing how you like bring a guy that's making like 30 something million dollars in is like the Ben Simmons replacement and like not finding a way just to like start him. But like, it's not person like defensively. It's like kind of, it's tough to play Tobias guarding three. It's like, it just is. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I wouldn't, you would have to remove Love's contract from like, I wouldn't, I would tell Doc Rivers, do not worry about how much this guy is getting paid. Do not start him. Like it, we know that it sucks to have a thirty million dollar guy coming off the bench, but that's what he needs to just embrace for this team to be the most successful. So I wonder if ultimately, you know, you can expand this a little bit and do, you know, Ben Simmons and really George Hill is the only good salary matching chip Philly has outside of their big three, and then you do those guys for Sexton, Nance, and Love. So you get from Cleveland's perspective, you at least get off of the Love contract. You get, you know, Simmons who can play if you want him to play point guard. Sure. I don't think that's necessarily the best role for him at this point, but you have Garland still, you have George Hill as a veteran point guard off the bench as well. You know, I think that's probably the most reasonable compromise that you can reach from Philly's end, but I don't know. I mean, it sounds like Cleveland's very high on Larry Nance Jr. as they should be. Yeah, I I think I'd be asking like, can we do Prince instead of that? I mean, like, it's interesting that you haven't brought up picks yet, mm-hmm. because I when I wrote about this, I just sort of assumed like Philly's gonna ask for like some picks. And I'm not saying like a lot of good picks. Like, I I don't think you should be throwing in all your best assets for Simmons at this point. Like, there's not really a way to do it. Um, because this is like a very expensive like rebuild in a lot of ways, right? Like, this is like if you're trying to rebuild Ben Simmons, so to speak, and get him back to like what he might be able to become at his apex, like. You, you're gonna, it's going to take some time and like you should and you're paying him a lot of money like you shouldn't I don't think be giving up uh the type of assets that teams have become very reluctant to trade in recent years but like I, I mean do you are you if you're Philly like are you, I, I, you don't really have a need for picks but do you want like them to at least to replace the one you gave up before and then like deal it for something else like I, I it, I've you know it's it's just kind of an open question to me yeah, I mean, I don't think you say no if Cleveland's willing to offer it, but I think you're really like smack dab at Joel Embiid's prime right now. You don't know how much longer it's going to last. So especially if you're looking at picks a couple years down the road, they, you know, those have value for sure. You, you have to take the long-term and the short-term into view if you're Daryl Morey. But, you know, Joel Embiid right now is only signed for two more years. So until they sign him to an extension, he's eligible this summer. But if they, you know, if he's waiting to see how they retool their roster before he signs that extension and they trade Ben Simmons for a future heavy package, Joel Embiid might look at this team and be like, I don't know that we're going to be back in contention. Like we might have already blown our best chance. So I think 
you almost have to prioritize like that's, you know, Nance is a guy that I keep bringing up because I think he would just fit so well to fill some of the holes that Philly had like doc rivers all year was complaining as soon as one of Ben or Tobias are off the court, we got small very quickly. I think Nance could really help address that. Um, and then, you know, again, if you, you're bringing in love, that'll help fill some of that backup four or five role as well. Like I, it, this isn't, I, the way I've been phrasing it is optically the Sixers are probably going to lose this trade if they trade Ben Simmons this summer. His value is, you know, going from centerpiece of a James Harden deal, which he was supposed to be in January, to trading, you know, for Sexton and Love. Like that looks so much worse. But the Sixers can't really concern themselves with the optics of it. They just need to be maximizing the fit around Joel and Bede. So if you're, you know, the, the fit between Ben and Joel has long been questioned. I think during the regular season this year, they had never been better together. They were pretty much at their 27-18 peak as well. Um, but in the playoffs, you know, this is now three years running where Ben's limitations not only affect him, but trickle down to the rest of the team. So if you can find pieces that fit better, you know, maybe you're going to end up sacrificing some regular season wins, but if you increase your championship equity, so be it. All right, last thing I'll ask you, is Cleveland a actual good fit for for Ben Simmons in in your mind? Someone just watched him a lot, thought about him a lot, but invested in him as a fan. Is a situation like Cleveland a good fit for the next chapter of Ben Simmons? I think it could be. I think at this point, Ben probably just needs a fresh start and going to a market like Cleveland where he's not going to be under the spotlight as much as he is in Philly could be really good for him. You know, similar to Markel Fultz in Orlando where like Markel is not back to being the player that he was coming in to the draft, but he's better. He's better than he was in Philly. Ben, like, especially during the regular season, he has a ton of value. I think Tobias Harris after game seven was talking about, you know, the differences between regular season and postseason basketball and how playoff teams are, you know, much more locked in defensively and, you know, most of the defenses are going to be far better than they were during the regular season anyway. Ben thrives in transition. So during the regular season, you're going to have a lot more transition opportunities and Ben can push the pace and, you know, pick up some easy points that way. So for a Cleveland team that is just looking to get back into playoff contention, Ben could help you guys take the next step there. Can Ben Simmons be the number one option on a championship team? I think clearly the answer is no at this point. That isn't to say he can't get there eventually, but he has a lot of work to do. So, you know, does he fit conceptually super well with Jared Allen? I don't, I don't love it, but I think there is value in, you know, acquiring, you're upgrading in terms of pure raw talent. It's just, you know, what are you hoping to achieve? Are you, are you gunning for the best chance of winning a championship in the next five years? Or are you just like, we want to win 45 games to get in the first round of the playoffs again. Yeah. Gotta say, I do love the idea of like a Ben Simmons downhill pick and roll with Jared Allen, but like, buddy, what needs the, the shot making part of it all just like really complicates that as anyone who, uh, who knows about there. All right. Brian, give everyone the plugs as we get out here. Where can they find you online? Where can they find your work? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at btoporek. That's T-O-P-O-R-E-K. You can find the NBA podcast wherever podcasts are found. And you can find me covering the Sixers and just salary cap stuff for Forbes Sports. 
yeah, go check out his work, and everyone will be back tomorrow with more Lockdown Cavs. Uh, we'll take a, a break from the Ben Simmons discourse until <laughs> it, uh, we'll see if it heats up in Cleveland's area again. But until next time, this has been Lockdown Cavs. Thanks, everybody.